Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple podcast. I am so, so, so super excited to be here. This is the week where we're experimenting with going live three times a week. So you've already gotten a hint of our new series with Megan Flat. I am super excited to be answering your questions live with her every Monday. So exciting. It's just so much fun to not have to be like, alone answering questions. And Megan just has so much insight and knowledge. Super exciting. Today is Wednesday. So it's our normal interview episodes. I wouldn't say anything about these as normal because I love that I'm speaking to such amazing people. And on Friday, I'm coming on with one doable change and I don't want to spoil them too much in advance, but this week we will be talking about school lunch. And those are going to be short episodes, short, sweet episodes where you can just get a checklist basically you need to shift that habit in your life. So if the habit speaks to you, you'll want to listen to the episode. All right. Thank goodness for the flow process. You guys are totally going to have the opportunity to see it in action, maybe on this podcast and on social media. See, one of the reasons that I created it is I have this tendency to go all in, in life and then totally curl up and hide. And I feel like I'm just now coming out of that hiding place. And I used to always blame it on being an introvert. That probably has something to do with it, but it's not completely it. And I've come to realize a lot of it is just an excuse and a bad habit that's built over time. And as I come to understand my rhythm, and I have some structure around that, then I can change that habit. And that's what I'm in the middle of now. So you guys are going to see if I make this work because I was hiding. I skipped a few weeks of the podcast. Now we're coming on three times a week. I am tuning into my gut and seeing where I want to be when. Right now, I'm super excited about Instagram. It's where I'm going to put all my attention besides on this podcast and the clients who are already in Flow 365 and any of you who are doing your own flow planner, of course, are in my courses as well. But those are the places I'm going to be putting my attention. At the moment, Facebook is not the place I'm going to be. So come comment on Instagram when you see these when podcast is going live or when you've heard a podcast, come have a conversation over on Instagram. Feel free to DM me. I am committed to spending time each day to getting back to all my DMs, and I'm super, super excited about that. And if you want to fall into some sort of structure yourself, if you're just feeling ready for that and you were inspired by Megan and my episode on Monday where we shared why we love a 90-day run at life, then go get your flow planner. Just go to theflowplanner.com and grab a copy. Um, as I'm coming out of hiding, I'm getting, we're getting really good. I have to admit that one of the things, and 
you know, one of those excuses in my head that was going off is all summer we've been working on relaunching the Plan Simple website, which will be Plan Simple instead of Plan Simple Meals, and will include better information on the food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work so that you can really get to all the juicy information. That's been in the works and it's just not live yet. So there's so much behind the scenes stuff going on. But what I realized a few weeks ago is it's going to happen. I don't need to hide behind it. So it's a little imperfect right now. You're going to go to theflowplanner.com. You're going to go find that flow planner if you want to fall into some sort of process and structure with me. All right. Another reason that I'm able to come out of hiding right now, and I've alluded to this, I think, in a few of the episodes, and Dr. Mindy was on a couple weeks ago, and she covered a little bit about intermittent fasting. And it was one of the first times, actually, I had really heard about it. And after she talked about it, I just got super interested. And of course, I was also feeling tired and I was looking for a way to have more energy. And as the universe works, a couple days later, my inbox just kept getting all these links to this intermittent fasting program. Um, Jenny Fennig, who's been on the podcast, was sharing about it. Allie Brown, who's a podcast I listened to, was sharing about it on her podcast. And I just felt like there was all these signs that were leading me to this program. So I joined up. It's with the amazing Amanda Tress. I joined the six-week program. It's coming to an end on Friday. I'm going to join again. It starts again in two weeks. It's been amazing. And it's weird because I teach about being healthy. I have been gluten-free and dairy-free for these eight years now. My story started with this, you know, big weight loss and energy gain and getting off all these medicines and it, it was great. I, I'm not going to deny it. It was great for many years, but over the past couple years, I don't know if it's age or it's just gotten busier. I don't know what's going on, but you know, little bits were of, you know, extra padding were coming around my waist. I had a, I've broken my wrist in the past couple of years and had surgery. I hurt my ankle. We did that big drive across the country two years ago. And I don't know, I was just feeling like it was all catching up with me and I was tired. I actually don't judge as much by my body anymore and a lot more by my energy. And so when I saw this come up, I was like, oh my God, I have to try this. So I have, and I have so much more energy. My pants are a little looser. It's all good. And it really fits into my daily rhythm. So I'm going to share more explicitly about that both here on Instagram, if you're on my email list, but if you go to the show notes of this episode, you can see how to join the next round with me. So I am going to do it again. It starts, I believe, October 15th, but I think you have to sign up by the 7th because you can plan for a week. So go to the show notes and see a little bit about it, get the link and come join me if you want an experiment of how to get a little bit more energy, how to tweak your food a little bit. And Amanda's a personal trainer, so it's a lot about the exercise. So it's really given me those 15-minute to 30-minute exercises that I need to do every day. It's actually simplified things. She has gained me so much time in the day on both food and exercise. So I'm super, super grateful for that, and I'm sleeping better than ever. So that's all good. So go check that out in the show notes. All right. Today we have the amazing Dr. Sarah Byrne on the show. I just needed to have her on. I love her. She's a good friend. She's become a good friend. 
When I first met her, I just wanted her to be my doctor. She lives a little bit farther away than that being convenient, but maybe someday I'll make the trek. And it's funny. I think one of the reasons I love her is because she really has sort of the structure of Western medicine with the personal touch of Eastern medicine. And I really, really love that about her. And I know that I share a lot of very, not woo stuff. I don't feel like I'm that woo woo on this podcast, but I share a lot of different modalities for our health and healing. And so a lot of people think I'm really alternative and gutsy in that way, but I have to admit I'm not. I really do like the structure and the safety of what we've created here in this country. Um, I am so grateful for it on a regular basis. And so I had all three of my kids a hundred percent naturally, like no epidural, I totally studied about hypnobirthing and I really did give birth that way, but I did it in the most mainstream hospital ever. And everyone always laughs at me when they hear that, but I needed to feel safe. I think that was one of the reasons why I had successful births is because I wasn't sure about doing it at home. And at the time, you know, I, I knew a lot of people, I was starting to get into this world and I knew a lot of people who were trying to have home births and that just for whatever reason didn't resonate with me. So to all of y'all who've had that, oh my God, I honor you, but I needed the structure of the hospital, but I was able to do it naturally. So that's why I really, really appreciate her, Dr. Um, Burns, Sarah, I'm going to call her Sarah. I can't call her Dr. Burns because I know her as Sarah. I really appreciate Sarah's outlook on medicine. She's both a functional medicine doctor and she's like, can you be your PCP? So you just pay her copay. And I love that about her. I love that those two things can go together. And I wish that they did more often. I had the shortest appointment ever with my primary care doctor last week. And I was like, really interesting. This is medicine. And another thing that is on my goal list this year is, you know, I haven't taken, I haven't had to take medicine in the past eight years yet just this summer, I was like, why do we still have all this medicine in the cabinet? First of all, 95% of it is expired. And second of all, it just makes it harder to find the things that I want to be able to use. And I find I don't use them as much. So I'm in this process of really defining what goes in those spaces where we grab for medicine. And I'm not going to get rid of everything. I still, we still take Advil or Tylenol if someone gets a bad headache. There's things that we use Um, real medicine for, but there's also so many opportunities to really not use it. So I'm super, she's so inspiring about those things. So let me give you the real, the real Sarah bio. So Sarah Byrne, Dr. Sarah Byrne is the co-owner of Root Family Medicine, an innovative primary care practice that weaves together Western functional and herbal medicines to cultivate wellness by unearthing the root cause of symptoms. I love that. Root wellness, root causes. So good. Dr. Byrne has experienced the power of food choices firsthand through her personal health journey with celiac, SIBO, yeast overgrowth, and HPA axis dysfunction, which she says is a fancy term for the effect of chronic stress. And like most, most busy mamas, she is still working on it. Root Family Medicine is on a mission to help patients find harmony between holistic and Western approaches to health. You can find them on Instagram 
under at Root Family Medicine and follow their new YouTube channel. I'm just not even going to say that link, but follow their new YouTube channel and you can get that link in the show notes. All right, you guys, with no further ado, let's get Sarah on the show. Hi, Sarah. It's so, so, so good to have you on the Plan Simple podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. All right. So I've already told everyone sort of a little bit about you based on your bio, but let's, and how I know you, but tell us a little bit about sort of who you are as a mom, like who you have at home and what you, how you make your living. Okay. Um, so I have two boys, they are four and six. Um, and I work at Root Family Medicine, which is a primary care, like a holistic primary care practice, um, where I'm a co-owner with Dr. Noel Lee. Um, and we also, so we see all ages and we do a lot of holistic medicine and we also have acupuncture and massage and nutrition and other cool stuff. All right. So have you always been a holistic person? Like, did you grow up that way? Um, I don't think I was necessarily raised that way. I mean, you know, after you learn things and then you reflect back at, you know, your grandmother and how she approached health. And, um, you know, so I think maybe there were some things in there that, um, that I maybe didn't even think about at the time. But um, I've always been, I guess, more of like a curious person or a person who's liked a lot of things. And so throughout like my medical path, I've always sort of had something on the side. Um, and I think recently um, I'm learning how to sort of blend everything together. So when you went to medical school, did you know that there was this whole alternative path or, or, did, so it, or did something happen there yeah. that like made you realize you needed to do things a little bit differently? Hmm. Um, well, interestingly, now that I'm really focusing on herbal medicine, I look back and my college, when I was in college, I did this um, study abroad um, trip, which was on medicinal plants in the Brazilian rainforest. And I was like, oh, that's so, <laughs> now it's like, oh, that, that makes total sense. Um, at the time, I was a creative writing major. So, you know, whatever. But um, in medical school, um, I didn't have a lot of experience before medical school of really what it was like to be a doctor, what that meant. I just, I literally ran into a friend of mine from high school on the street of New York City one day. And um, I was trying to find my way and I was working at a photo gallery and um, she was, she had gone to medical school and she was like, oh yeah, I have this friend doing a, a post-bac program where you go back even after you graduated college and blah, blah, blah. And in that moment, I was like, that's what I have to do. So oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> I just called my mom and I was like, mom, I'm going to move home and um, sign up for a post-bac program um, in Connecticut is where my mom, where I grew up. And so that sort of started the whole pre-med thing. Uh, I never thought in college that I was going to do, you know, do medicine, but um, in medical school, you know, I loved it. It was exciting, but um, there always seemed to be a component missing, or I think I, I would always focus on like the humanistic aspects or want to mm -hmm. journal about things. And that was just always sort of my thing. And then I stumbled upon, um, I had a friend who was taking this energy medicine class 
And somehow I actually had the fee paid for by my medical school as like an elective, which is amazing. Oh my God, uh, that's so cool. <laughs> so we did energy, you know, I learned energy medicine. And I think that was kind of the start of just opening up, you know, like, oh, wow, there's this whole other way of approaching health and thinking about wellness and, um, and the causes of, um, you know, illness and things like that. I love that. And, and I love, I mean, your practice is a regular, like you can be somebody's regular doctor. So you've sort of merged that, or you've at least merged the way you can see people so that people can feel like they're at their normal doctor. Cause I feel like one of the big things about alternative medicine is that it can be expensive. Absolutely. To get somebody who thinks holistically. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And I think that um, kind of throughout my journey, one of the things that I want to hold on to as, you know, as things shift or I figure out what's the next step um, is that accessibility because um, I like being part of someone's daily, you know, it's sort of the culture, you know, I like being mm -hmm. part of that. That's their doctor's visit. It's not like I'm going to see my doctor and then I'm going to go ask this other person for their advice and not know what to do with that information, you know, how to blend that information. So um, I love kind of bringing the two worlds together. And I think that's sort of where our practice is really, um, you know, is sort of stands out a little bit because we want to, you know, we want to do both and we want to bring all of these other ways of healing, especially like self-care. It's huge. You know, there's so many things to, that, you know, are uh, available. Um, but bring that to like, that's what your, you know, your regular doctor is re recommending, you know? Yes. Oh my God. I love that. I definitely have compartmentalized in my life and in my kid's life. Now that I think about it, like we go to the doctor for, you know, when somebody has a broken bone or, you know, but like never for anything that could be solved by food or, you know, the little things mm -hmm. that I've learned along the way. <laughs> like, I don't even admit that those things happen to my doctor. <laughs> and I'm We're sure I'm totally not alone. <laughs> I mean, yeah. totally fine. You know, um, this book I'm reading right now is, um, I did, a, I got to do a class with Tarone Lodog in New Mexico. And so, she has this book, Healthy at Home. And, um, you know, she talks about like, here are the things to do at home to take care of yourself. And there's so many things you can do and they're so powerful. And a lot of times better than stuff that, you know, your doctor can offer you. Um, we just, that hasn't been part of our culture, you know? And um, her, her take on it was like, I'll tell you when you should go to the doctor, you know? And I think there's room for both for sure. But well, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I say, say that kind of lightly now because eight years ago, I didn't understand that I had any power. Do you know what I mean? Like that's oh, yeah. definitely been a lesson that I've learned just in this whole healing process that I feel like I stumbled upon by accident with food. But, you know, I always trusted a doctor more than I trusted my gut instinct mm. my whole life. So mm -hmm. it's amazing how much power we have. Absolutely. And I think when you start reflecting on that and realizing that, you know, the system, the way it is, is sort of set up to say like, you know, you go to the person, they tell you this is what's wrong and this is what you have to do, you know, and it's almost this like, I mean, there's definitely that like power dynamic, which shouldn't be there really, you know, um, and I think working with someone's intuition and their innate sense of like, I mean, there's so many stories of people who come to me and they say like, you know, when I got to the hospital, it, you know, in labor, I told them the baby was coming and they're like, oh no, it's your first, it's going to take forever. And then it came out, you know, or like I went to the doctor and like, I knew something was wrong with X, Y, or Z. And they're like, oh no, it couldn't be that. And then it is like, 
you know, I mean, certainly like medical training gives us a lot of information and, um, and we're so grateful for that and lab testing and all of these things. But um, I think the power of intuition is in our medical system, probably not even, not even acknowledged, um, but super powerful. Yeah. I love that. I, I did have that baby. Nobody believed me. <laughs> As a result, there was like a whole bunch of, I think they're called attendings on the floor and no doctor in sight that was mine. <laughs> it was mayhem. Anyway, it did happen. <laughs> and I barely knew to trust my gut instinct in that moment. I'm like, maybe they're right. Right. I, I was know. barely having the baby. <laughs> you know, but um but it's very powerful that, you know, innate sense as a parent too, you know, um, like if something's going on with your kid and I think, you know, listening to that and listening to patients is important because oftentimes, I mean, pretty much if we don't know, our bodies know and will <laughs> eventually tell us, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you touched a little bit on self-care and how mm -hmm. powerful that is in your practice with your patients. So I am a big advocate of reminding people of moms that we have to take care of ourselves. So what are three of your favorite ways to tell people like, you know, three ways that you see people don't take care of themselves, I guess, on a mo the most regular basis and, and yeah. how, how you help people take care of that. Um, so I would say, and like, I'm thinking about myself. So whenever I give people advice, like I really try to walk my talk and, you know, I try not to like, not that I would chastise anyway, it's just not my style, but you know, for something that's, you know, or I'll say like, yeah, it's really hard. Like I'm not doing that, you know, and how can we both do that? But, um, so I think three things like one, especially for moms is, um, you know, that time for yourself. Um, yeah. I think kind of everybody, <clears throat> sees that and, and sort of innately knows that it's important, but it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. So hard <laughs> for myself, especially, you know, I think especially with my first child and, um, when he was really little, <clears throat> um, just that being apart from him was so difficult and, um, you know, just tying into the expectations of women in our culture too, and sort of like needing to do everything and, you know, always be, you know, always be on, um, I think there's like so much to be said for just like, even if it's a half an hour or something apart where you're just kind of doing your own thing and, um, something that's fun for you, you know, it's sort of like, what do I like to do? What, like, what fills me up? Um, and yeah. I don't think it has to be anything, you know, crazy or takes hours or whatever, but, um, just trying to work in something fun. Um, yeah, that's other not like, and it, that's not work or grocery shopping or, you know, I feel like we so often people are like, well, I went alone to the grocery store. It's like, no, you can be quiet. You can read a book, but like it was going to the grocery store for real nurturing. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I feel like that's where we, we can convince ourselves we're alone, but <laughs> yeah. And it's so it's interesting, like that, like that cultural feeling of guilt of doing nothing, you know, what we perceive as yeah. doing nothing, which might be I'm going to go lay in the hammock, <laughs> just sit there, <laughs> you know, it's just, that's a good thing to do, you know? And yeah. I think there's that little inside voice being like, Oh, shouldn't you be doing something else or like accomplishing something or, you know, but it's so valuable. Um, it's so valuable to do that. Yeah. I feel like there's times when I've learned that from my kids, you know, cause yeah. I see them go do things like that. And I'm like, Oh my God, like I haven't done that in years, but then there's other times that not scheduling all of us, 
I feel like then we can teach it back to them because of course yeah. there's moments where kids want to do everything in their life. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so one of the things I did early on was we, we just really made it a point not to schedule weekends mm. when the kids were little and now my kids are a little bit older. And so all of a sudden there's singing practices and crew and all these things, but that really, we didn't let happen early on. And I really appreciate that because I feel like it gave us all of us permission to do, to just yes. have that like board time, which yeah. became play. important to all of us. Hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Just all right. Play. So I interrupted you with number two. That was a no, long No, no. Sorry. <laughs> um, number two. Well, my, my, my recent obsession is herbal medicine. Um, and I'm sort of, you know, I'm like a semi newbie, but um, a lot of the trainings and things I've been doing lately are around that. And the more I learn about herbal medicine, it's just like the best self care. Um, you know, I think the idea of especially like adaptogens, like these herbs that sort of like strengthen the system and give us more resilience. Cause I think, you know, speaking for myself, like a lot of times we just sort of feel like tired and pooped out. Like, you know, <laughs> we get burned out. Um, and having that like but it's not something that like you take that day and it's going to fix it like it's definitely like a slow medicine it's almost like um you know if you exercise every day which i'm also still trying to fit in but anyway if you exercise every day like overall you know at the end it will build up your strength um yes like with herbs it's like you know if you sip that tea every day or you you know take that tincture what like however you want to do it um, that's sort of your like strength, you know, it's your moment to say like, I'm strengthening my body with this, like this is giving me resilience or maybe this is giving me what I need today. Um, and it's such a cool concept and it makes you kind of like stop and, you know, think about it for a moment. Um, and with herbal medicine, you often like taste, you know, it's more tactile. It's not a pill often. Um, if, you know, you can taste it or if it's a tea, you know, it's just a more experiential, um, way of, of doing medicine, I think. Um, and it can be inexpensive and you can do it yourself. You can grow, you know, I'm like trying to grow some herbs in the backyard and I made like a tea out of it. It was so, you know, you feel so like, woohoo. Um, it's so powerful. Um, and I think that that, um, I'd love to bring that to people, um, more and more. I think. I can't wait. Do you have a YouTube channel about that? Don't you? Yes. Yeah, so our, our, um, our recent endeavor as Root Family Medicine is to, we're starting a YouTube channel, we're doing videos. So my business partner, um, Dr. Lee, um, her husband who goes by Homestead Fred um, is a farmer. And so they, at their house, they have an organic farm, which includes a lot of herbs. And so he's been doing a lot of work um, growing herbs organically. And so we're sort of developing this platform where like, like as doctors, we can, talk about things that we use or recommend and also perhaps like when to go to your doctor, like how to work with your doctor. So mm -hmm. because we're not, you know, we haven't been herbalists for years, but these are things, you know, that can be pretty simple and that we can all use. And yeah. so we're doing some videos on like how to's or how to make things or, you know, how to some yoga things and farming things. And, um, but kind of coming from that perspective of like bringing the two worlds together. So it's it. been really exciting. I love it. Um, do you have a third self-care thing? Third self-care thing. Let me think. Um, you don't have to. This is sort of indirect, but my, um, but I think 
doing things that are fun, like doing things in a fun way. Mm. Um, one thing that I've noticed when people come uh, and talk to me, let's say at their physical, they'll say like, well, like I haven't been taking my supplements the way I'm supposed to, or I haven't been doing this the way I'm supposed to. And I'm like, well, do you like doing it in that way? Like, no, <laughs> like, then you're not going to do it. Like if it's not fun, like who wants to do something that's not fun, you know? So um, I think bringing that joyful aspect into everything, you know, into if you want to, you know, somebody who were trying to figure out how to exercise at home and it was, you know, the exercise bike is in the basement. Well, like, is it pretty, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. is it enjoyable to be there? No. Um, so maybe paint it or get a plant down there. You know, I think that so much more fun and joy can be brought into things that we feel like it might be a chore otherwise. Um, and I think that's like nurturing to your soul, you know, it's like, it makes you feel good. And instead of feeling like it's a, something you have to do, or it's like a punishment. Um, and I think that can be a really great way to take care of yourself because you're doing things in your own way that you like, you know, and you're in charge and like, how do you want to do it? And it's not the same for everybody, you know? Um, I think honoring that like way that you like to do things is important. I love that. And I feel like that's where that big paradigm shift is that I totally still feel in the middle of, but <laughs> like that, that we are in charge of our health and that it is those little things. Cause I, I, I don't, you know, I definitely am from the, the, you know, antibiotic popping time, you know, age <laughs> where oh, yeah. it was like every other month I was on an antibiotic for an ear infection and like nobody was understanding what that was doing. And yeah. with those things, it's like, you had to finish, you had to take it, you know, like, and, and I just think that that's not fun, you know, it's not fun at all and you don't feel good and whatever. So it's, it's just a whole new thing to think about that all these little things you do are to make you feel good and live to a hundred and, you know, just have a different kind of life. And when you start to think about more and more things that way, they become more and more fun, but yeah, just a new way of thinking of showing up. Yes. And um, when I went to this class by Taroni Lodog, one of the things that I love about her is that um, she's like, medicine doesn't have to taste bad. You know, she's like, put the, you know, put the herbs in some brandy and, you know, get some like vanilla and cardamom <laughs> going with that and, you know, mix it with this and put it in honey. And, um, and that is so like, so fun. Like, I love that, that there's so many ways to do things that it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be that like bad pink medicine and like maybe sometimes you need the pink medicine but um yeah. there are times for that but you know there are so many other times where it, it doesn't have to be that way yes oh my gosh so good all right so i had two other sort of more doctory questions for you yeah. and the first one is you know a lot of people listening are just trying to figure out what food really affects their body or their kids mm -hmm. bodies and I feel like that's a question where if you're in like real mainstream doctor world, you just sort of get, you know, gloss, the eyes glaze over. <laughs> and so what are like, so for people who can't come see you, yeah. um, you're always busy and you're in Massachusetts um, and you're in, at a mainstream doctor, like what are some ways that you can go about sort of figuring out if there are things you're eating that are affecting you? Are there tests you should be taking? Is it better mm -hmm. to eliminate it? Like what's your take on all that? Yeah, I think there's, um, I think there's a lot of ways you can approach it. Um, and I try to work with like 
what does a person have access to what um how much do they feel like they can change mm-hmm. um you know like there might be you know someone's personality one person's personality might be like yes i can do an elimination diet i will do it for 30 days and then i will add back one food at a time you know and i will document it um that's not everybody and so if someone's struggling and they don't feel good and it's like okay what do i start with um you know, I think most, you know, the top two are probably gluten and dairy that we, you know, that we hear about, but it's, it's true. I think just kind of in my experience of, um, you know, seeing people and what they react to, if you had to pick, like, if I had to pick one thing, it would probably be gluten in general for a lot of stuff, no matter the symptom, even if it's not digestive, um, just because of how it interacts with our body. Um, but probably gluten and dairy are, the, are kind of the top two, okay. um, if someone can only do that. And do you feel like it's better just to try or to get tested in some way? You know, again, I think it depends on the person. If someone would be motivated by doing, let's say, you know, we do food sensitivity testing and there are ones that you can, you know, do like mail out, I think that you can actually get on your own now. Um, But it's, can be interesting to have that to give you a direction. Like maybe that will tell you like, oh, you know, so if I wanted to know what is the top one, like the top reactive food, you know, then that can help you figure that out. If you have a lot of things that are reactive, that can be helpful too, because sometimes doing one thing won't work, doing, you know, adding that back in and doing a second thing won't work, but doing the two things together will work. so, you know, I think the testing can give information. It's not perfect. So it's always, you know, it's always good to test it in your own body and see like, what is your body like? You know, um, the result gives you a guideline and something to play with, but ultimately, you know, you want to feel what that feels like. And I think removing something for two weeks is sort of the minimum amount of time. Um, four weeks is probably better if you can do it, but, you know, people are busy. It's really hard to do. So if it's, you know, if you have two weeks and you can kind of take out, you know, I think maybe it's X, Y, and Z, take all of those out and then add them back one at a time, you know, eat those things for a couple of days. If you feel a symptom, then it could be related, you know, take it back out and add the next thing. It's, it's funny. Cause I did that, you know, nine years ago, but then <laughs> I never added back in gluten <laughs> or dairy because I felt fine. Well, I felt so good. I was like, why would I even try to add it back in, you know? And so, and then, then I couldn't get tested for anything, which is fine. But it's funny how like you want that result back, you know, you want to know like, this is what I have. That's right. Um, I don't know. I don't know why we operate like that, but we seem to. Yeah. Um, So do you have any advice? I mean, I know that you're out, I mean, you operate in the very holistic medical world. So do you have any advice for people who aren't operating in that space to maybe bring more of the holistic into their experience? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Do, are you catching up with doctors who think so much different? Like, do you run into that in your profession that you're running into people who are like, who are you? Like, you know, <laughs> what do you mean holistic? <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Like how, how do we navigate in that world when right. we're, getting surgery or approaching chemo or whatever. And it's something that is very medical. Yep. I think, you know, knowing that ultimately everything is your choice, um, you know, and trusting your instincts and at the same time, like gathering information, you know, so you're not going to go to um, necessarily a specialist and ask them about supplements like that, you know, 
maybe there are some who know about it, but that's not their specialty. Do you know what I mean? Right. But they have other things that are very worthwhile. And, um, you know, I, and I refer people often for different issues and, you know, am I missing something? Like, what do they think? And I think gathering that, like, okay, thank you for that advice. You know, it doesn't mean you have to do everything that they say. Um, you know, I think that, um, but I think that kind of respecting like, okay, this is their specialty and what they're offering. And then I might ask this person and, you know, see what they're offering and then what feels right to you. You know, I think, um, either way, sort of, um, ignoring one world or the other doesn't work out well. You know, I think we need the two worlds together really to, um, to be well. So I think, you know, going to someone with that attitude of like, I'm going to get their advice, you know, and, and then ultimately making that decision for yourself. Um, I think we try to do our thing and in our way and, um, you know, people come because they're looking for that and hopefully are feeling better and getting better. Um, but you know, I still, you know, work with colleagues who don't, you know, don't do integrative medicine and that's fine. You know, that's not their thing. So I think it's just gathering what, you know, gathering what you need. It's interesting because I, I definitely still in me, as I'm hearing you say that, have that thing of, you know, doctor knows best, you know, even though I know in my brain, brain. (laughs) I feel like I know it in my, like, it's just, it's been so ingrained in me. And so I watch, I, my mother-in-law is actually fantastic at that. Like she really will go collect data and, and, and just, and then make an informed decision based on all the different parts, like of hearing things from doctors and listening to her gut and, Mm -hmm. you know, reading a book and looking at the internet, which I don't, you know, sometimes I'm like, wait, don't go there. But anyway, (laughs) Um, so it's like, I don't know, it's just, it's just interesting. And to understand like that you just, that we can make these choices um, and that we won't somehow be punished. <laughs> like, I feel like that's my thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, like if I don't listen, something's going to go right. wrong. I get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So oh. you, you said something about wellness. Will you, will you just talk a little bit about what that means to you? Yeah, I can't. What I, what I think about when you say that is being in um, my residency training and, you know, doing, you know, Western medicine and having this thought at some point of like, nobody's getting better. <laughs> like mm. nobody's really feeling better. And I think, you know, the population that we're serving oftentimes like had a, you know, a lot of people had a very difficult life and I think it was hard to, you know, hard to get better because of many, many, many factors. But, um, I think adding medicine and medicine, um, doesn't always, doesn't shift the problem. You know, it doesn't get to the the root of the problem. Um, Mm -hmm. that's the name of our practice, but, um, so, you know, I think wellness is really like feeling good. And, um, sometimes we live with stuff like, so I, um, I have celiac disease and I didn't find out until like five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. And, I lived with symptoms for years and just thought that's the way I was. And, just lived with it, you know, and didn't feel good a lot of time. Um, but you know, maybe I brought it up to my doctor once. Um, but you know, I think that, um, really looking for like feeling great, like waking up with energy, like we should all, you know, and things that wax and wane, so it's not a hundred percent of the time, but the ideal is really to, you know, to wake up with energy and, 
to feel fulfilled and, and happy most of the time. And I mean, stuff happens and you can feel sad. I mean, it's not like you're going to be like, you know, um, super happy and energetic 24 hours a day. But, but I think that level of like wellness is something to strive for. And then I think a lot of people really don't experience, I mean, I think including myself, I have, you know, definitely have, um, have more to do with my own health to really just like feel great. So and it's a process, you know, I mean, it's definitely a process, but um, I think something to always shoot for. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm doing, I feel like right now I'm in the middle of the next level of my wellness because um, I was sort of coasting there for a while. But, you know, I had a similar story to you that I didn't find out till late that I, well, whatever, I guess I'm not 100% sure I have celiac, but pretty much I have celiac because we have, yeah. a, I have a diagnosed child and I have all the symptoms. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I, what's interesting is I didn't, no, until I felt good, which was in that experience I had when I shifted everything nine years ago. And I really did feel like so well, like I felt so much energy. I felt so much happier. Like all these things turned pretty instantaneously with just changes in what I was eating. Yeah. You know, I, I always tell people it felt like in, in a week that it was, you know, 20 years of therapy. Like I just yeah. felt so much better. And then, you know, but then I like had three children and aged and, you know, stuff happens with your cycle and, you know, habits, you know, I haven't had gluten or dairy, but definitely, you know, I've had processed gluten-free chips and stuff like that. And, you know, stuff comes in and out. And, you know, I'm at this point where all of a sudden a few months ago, I was like, wow, you know, I'm tired. And yeah. I wonder why I'm tired. Is it because I'm not sleeping? Is it because I'm working too hard? Is it because, you know, I'm not moving my body? You know, like what's going on? Like, but, yes. but I don't have to feel tired. Like it's a choice. Right. <laughs> and it's interesting because I like, I don't think that I don't, I don't even know how you can tell somebody that they don't feel good because I think there's so many people who don't have not experienced true wellness. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, which is such a weird thought. <laughs> I know it is. You know, I always ask people like, you know, how's your energy level or what's your, you know, do you have stress? And when somebody says, you know, my energy is great. I have, you know, really low stress. That, I'm like, wow, <laughs> so unusual, you know? Um, and even from those things, you know, that means that we're not, you know, we're probably not at a level that we could feel even better, you know? Yeah. Yeah, stress must be a big one. Does a lot of oh, yeah. back to stress in your office? Oh my gosh. I mean, it's, yeah, I'd say stress and food are probably the top two things that yeah. influence that can make the biggest impact. Um, and I think that are the most insidious where, because it's almost a cultural acceptance, you know, just food choices, you know, just look at what's in schools and whatever, you know, it's, um, it's everywhere and stress. And that's like, we're in that culture of like, do, 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 you know, um, push yourself. So those two things, when, when those shift, those are the two things, you know, out that, that people have come back and, and really felt different, I think with food changes and like life changes, you know, to yeah. address this. Yeah. Let's, let's throw out some ideas for de-stressing. If someone listening is like, oh my God, I'm so stressed. I, yeah. I think the self-care ones were part of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I love, love, I love tea. Yeah. Sleep is yeah. number one for sure. Yeah. Definitely sleep because if you're not sleeping, you're just going to feel crummy. Yeah. Um, I love the little, like a little ritual, you know, like an, um, an herbal, like an herbal tea that you like or doing something enjoyable for the, you know, for that little moment, having a little moment in the day. 
Um, yeah. And I've been, you- I've been having a lot of luck and talk about listening and podcasts since this is kind of meta we're doing one, but, but like little things, like there's some moments you, I found you can't change. Like yeah. I have to wash the dishes and you know, I have to do the wash and I have to drive people places. And there's some parts of that that I've changed over the years. Like I've said no to more things, like if they really get in the way and I'm like, I'm not going to spend six hours in the car, like getting you to all these places, you know what I mean? (laughs) But there's times when I do have to be in the car. And so it's like, how do you make that more enjoyable? So like, you know, I have podcasts I listen to now and books I listen, you know, so it's, I feel like there's so many little things you can do to not make stressful moments feel stressful. Absolutely. Yeah. I started um, because I have a lot of paperwork um, as a primary care doctor and it is the bane of my existence. Um, I love being with people, but um, sometimes at night, you know, I have to do the paperwork. And so lately I've been trying to think about, okay, how do I make this more enjoyable? And I'll have a little candle there and I'll like, you know, have, um, you know, maybe some sage, like I'll burn or, you know, I'll have a special tea that I make or something like that. And it just, uh, it does help, you know, it just makes it a little bit less stressful. Like you need to get this done. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really helpful for everyone listening. I hope, because I think so often we want to change everything. Like we, we think that in order to not feel stressed and exhausted and whatever that we have to like change our whole diet and stop working and, you know, go live on a deserted Island somewhere, (laughs) but but that little things can actually really change it. Although a deserted Island does sound nice. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I love chatting this. I know. Is there any sort of parting thoughts you have for the listeners or do you feel complete? Um, I think just the kind of echoing, you know, trust your gut um, and, and find joy. I love it. Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) And we'll link to Sarah's YouTube channel in the show notes because I think she's going to be putting out little tips. So, right. Is that what it's about? Yeah. We'll be releasing more and more. um, So stay tuned. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. All right. See you guys on the next episode. All right, you guys. At the end of every episode, we go through three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action. These are things that you can commit to, plan for in your week, and really have fun and experiment with so you can create some new habits in your life. All right. Number one from this episode make time for you. This is a really simple, doable change that feels so daunting so much of the time to many of us mamas. So try this. Pick half an hour this week to do your own thing. Do something fun or something relaxing. Do something that's just for you, even if that means you feel like doing nothing. Nothing is a great thing to plan for. All right, number two, Bring joy to a wellness activity. If you hate drinking water or exercising, how can you make it more joyful? Maybe you make a tasty spa water, like add that cucumber and lemon, just like when you go to the salon. Or maybe you get a new fun water bottle. Maybe you make your workout space more enjoyable, or you just try a new activity. Go check out the show notes, you guys, with that exercise routine that I alluded to at the beginning of this podcast, because I swear to God, that has changed my exercise routine, and it just started as a doable 
change. All right. How can you turn your should, which is usually how we feel about wellness activities, into something that brings you more joy? I won't say joy, but at least more joy. Okay, number three, upgrade your must-dos. So there are things that we just must do, or so we tell ourselves. As much as we upgrade our lives, there will still be paperwork, bills, dishes, laundry, little people to shuttle around. That's my battle du jour. So how do we make these things less stressful? So it's kind of like the first, this change I just talked about, bringing joy to wellness activity. Try making the experience more pleasant. So what could you do? You could light a candle or have a special tea while you do paperwork or pay the bills. I like chocolate while paying bills personally. You could crank up your favorite music or a podcast you love while you're shuttling around kids. I actually recommend making sure it's kid appropriate while they're in the car, but there's a lot of shuttling around that doesn't involve kids in the car. Sometimes I actually stick in one earbud if no one's needing my undivided attention. Shh, don't tell. You could also do this while doing housework or chores or cooking. Um, anything that you really need to bring an upgrade to. All right, those are your three doable changes for this week. And I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.